Welcome to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. Marketing is our passion, and as a chapter, we hope to inspire dialogue, fuel creativity, and create a community for marketers everywhere. Let the inspiration and dialogue begin. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe to our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Hello, we're your Marketers in Motion podcast hosts. I'm Josh Janoviak. And I'm Megan Pear. Today, we talk about adapting your SEO strategy in times of crisis. Communication is of utmost importance in times of crisis. During the pandemic, many online platforms have offered tools that allow us to note our businesses as being temporarily closed, operating with restrictions, and or provided the ability to post specific updates to our followers. With so many platforms, which should you be focusing on if you have limited resources? How have and how should you adapt your SEO strategy for the current marketing climate? In this podcast, we'll discuss why adjusting your SEO strategy is important, which business listings deserve your utmost attention, adjusting your marketing automation for the current climate, refocusing your content strategy on what's relevant, along with some crisis communication do's and don'ts. We got a lot to cover, yeah. uh, but before we get there, uh, we always want to thank our amazing AMA West Michigan sponsors who support our podcast and our entire AMA West Michigan season. So. First of all, a thank you to our podcast sponsor, River City Studios. And we're not recording there today as we are adhering to our stay home, stay safe directives, but they've been great in helping us both in person and virtually. So we just wanted to give them an extra shout out here. River City Studios offers recording, mixing and mastering for podcasts, TV, film, radio, and musicians. So definitely check them out online at rivercitystudios.com. We'd also like to thank all of our annual sponsors that support our programming year round and just really want to express our appreciation and continued support. We're thinking of all of our sponsors and their businesses, especially during these difficult times. So a huge shout out to our gold sponsors, MI Biz and Bizcom Media, our silver sponsors, Pageworks, Bird and Bird Studio and Red 66 Marketing, and our bronze sponsors, OFA and Grand Valley State University Conference and Event Planning. And Josh, we're adding in just a quick little new update here to our podcast that we'll be doing because we know a lot of our listeners are fellow AMA members, but we also have listeners who don't know very much about the AMA and um, or who may be interested in becoming a AMA member. So we're going to do a little AMA update. So exciting news. AMA National has just released new membership rates. Um, so if you're kind of looking for something uh, to help with uh, marketing resources, to grow your network, um, webinars, actionable trainings. The AMA is a great place to start. They've just announced that the AMA membership is now $149 per year, so just less than $13 a month. And again, I cannot stress that it's such a fantastic organization for the tools and resources, especially through the challenging times that we have ahead. Um, I know they've got a lot of resources available to the public right now on COVID-19. They've got a lot of really good articles and content and webinars, uh, but they also have a lot of uh, more detailed resources for members. So definitely check out AMA.org or talk to one of us. Uh, send us an email, shout out to AMA West Michigan, and we will be happy to answer any of your membership questions. 
Yeah, I think the update is a great idea, and not just for new members, too. I mean, existing members, I think, as busy as we all are right now, it's important to remember that uh, AMA has lined up a bunch of great COVID-related tools and resources, such as the webinars that you had explained uh, there as well. So just a reminder to to go to the the national website, um, check out what's going on there to kind of stay on top of of all these things that are are, uh, developing. Yeah, lots of great articles. I know I've been reading them pretty much daily. So they've been doing a really good job at producing COVID-related materials. So Yeah, well, in our last few podcasts, of course, we've kind of canceled all of our lunch programming for the rest of this year, which was a bummer. But, um, you know, we've evolved and we have mm-hmm. great guests that have joined us to kind of talk about some of the ongoing marketing crisis communication topics uh, as they pertain to what's happening in our lives right now. So uh, Jason Dodge is definitely no stranger to AMA West Michigan. He's the founder and chief strategist at search marketing firm, Black Truck Media and Marketing, where he works to ensure clients' business objectives are translated into online marketing strategies that work. His passion for the ever-evolving world of search has only grown over 17 plus years in the industry eventually caving to his entrepreneurial nature and founding Black Truck in 2009. Named one of Grand Rapids 40 Under 40 Business Leaders, he is active in the community, serving on the Executive Board of Directors for the Grand Rapids Civic Theater, the Leadership Council for the Small Business Association of Michigan, and a regular contributor to the Grand Rapids Business Journal. Welcome, Jason. Glad to have you here on, this is your first Marketers in Motion podcast, isn't it? This is, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. We are glad to have you. Uh, as Josh said, you've been involved with AMA for a long time too. Yeah. You know the organization well, so we're glad to have you be part of the the Marketers Emotion family. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I think this is a great this is a great uh, a great thing that you guys are doing. I think too, given the current uh, situation, I mean we don't it's it's the gorilla or elephant in the room. We don't have to talk mm-hmm. about it. We all know what it is, but um, you know I think it is it is a great thing to see people uh, transition from our our normal in person. Uh, meetings and events and conferences. Uh, we as a team have had a number of them that we were supposed to travel for have been have been changed to virtual and just kind of help people navigate that. I think it's I think it's very good to continue to have speakers and, and thought leaders in various industries involved in marketing uh, be able to share their thoughts. So this is great. Well, we are very glad to have you. Yeah. And as a fellow podcaster, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, redirect mm-hmm. podcast at the end of our yeah. podcast here. That's that's the tease to keep people tuned in until <laughs> the very end of the podcast, because, um, no, you guys are doing some really cool, cool content uh, there as well. And uh, probably a lot of the concepts that we'll discuss today. So let's jump right into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, starting with SEO, I'll ask the first question. Why is adapting SEO strategy? Why is that important right now? I think that now, now more than ever, uh, is is probably the what I would call the proper time to adapt. Um, you know, a SEO strategy. Um, most of us have, say, most of us loosely, right? There are a lot of people that are very, very busy, especially considering maybe work from home arrangements and things like that. But um, as as you have brands and businesses that are looking to maybe make use of um, human capital and time with their teams, now's the time to kind of invest or reinvest in themselves and in their uh, in their own brand. And SEO would be a way to look at it. Uh, we see a lot of brands completely retract and pull in ad dollars, which for some industries makes sense. Others, it, it doesn't. But I think that... Um, 
you know, we could argue that search is always a volatile uh, item. It's a volatile element mm -hmm. of inbound marketing uh, as a channel because we're not in control of it. We're not in control of what Google's going to do with algorithm updates and things like that. And we're not in control necessarily of what the human side of it is. And, and you guys both are accustomed to me talking a lot about the human side of, uh, of search. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about. So, so even in normal times, search is volatile, toss in a global pandemic and what do we get? Right. <laughs> right. So we, we get a lot of, a lot of volatility, uh, in, in the market. So it's, I think what's really important to, to think about is, um, it's, it's not the searches that are happening right now. You need to think for your SEO strategy and where you need to pivot in your business is what are those searches that are going to be happening in three months time down mm -hmm. the road? So, so think of, uh, you know, in, in healthcare, in, um, in office situations, you name the business and I could probably help come up with a solution for it in terms of the, the, um, the content that you want to think about, but everybody is slowly kind of coming out of this haze of what I would call crisis mode at this point. We're mm -hmm. here in Michigan. If you're, if you're in the state, you know, we're in uh, we're into what week eight or nine, I don't know yep. of, of stay at home orders and, um, and all doing our part. And, and so what's going to end up happening is you're going to have healthcare providers that are going to eventually sit in a room and say, okay, what, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? You're going to have people that are involved in enterprise IT do the same thing. Engineering, architecture, construction. It's it's kind of like as bad as a global pandemic is, The I suppose the silver lining is that if we do learn from our mistakes and other people's successes, that it's the largest case study that at least in our generation and, and lives that you're ever going to have that transcends multiple, multiple industries. And, and that's something to pay attention to. And to really, if you take one thing away from it, it's that don't think about what my people are searching for right now, because if your business is down and your analytics are down, your balance sheets are going to look the same. It's going to look like crap. What are you looking ahead toward in six months? What are those conversations that your customers are going to be having in six months from now? And can you get your site to a point that's going to be able to fulfill that? So that's that's one uh, thought there. The other thought is, is there an opportunity for you to take advantage of this situation? And, and I use the term advantage loosely, but we've seen it in, in uh, some of our clients' work. And it might be an advantage of, of some clients that are working with an SEO agency that they haven't throttled back on. We've actually seen some of our clients be able to grow and move in rank right now because you can definitely tell some of their key competitors maybe have taken their foot off the throttle and they've, mm -hmm. and they've backed off of a lot of the things that they were doing maybe because they were closed down or something like that. Um, so you see manufacturers or, or companies that support manufacturing that are ancillary products. Um, we've seen it in that type of vertical where the competitor is slipped, but the clients we're working with continue to grow. And the only thing that I can deduce from there is that somebody has kind of slowed down their job on the other side, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the global pandemic, but I think even before then, you know, consumer behavior mm -hmm. has completely shifted um, and that has changed search. 
So yep. what are you seeing? Um, what are some of the newer things that you're seeing, things that you're seeing that are going to be coming out in the next three months that people need to be aware of? Yeah. So, um, so yes, global pandemic uh, aside, right, we can, we right. can look forward. I think the, the one thing, though, too, to leave everybody with is something new important is, is search is very much, if we think about it like economics, Search has always been like economics, at least to me. This is how I've always connected with it for, for 17 years, is it's supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Supply is more or less the number of keywords, if you will, that are in market or in a particular vertical or, or region. And the demand is just the number of people that are actively searching for that. Um, so when you're looking at analytic data, you're going to see those numbers, you're going to see those numbers go down. And that's what makes things volatile, whether it's a paid environment on a cost per click, competitiveness, et cetera. So just kind of keep that in mind, but search doesn't stop. Search isn't mm -hmm. gonna stop evolving, right? There was a, a, an algorithm update uh, just recently here in May that is still kind of a, a wait and see, see what shakes out and what happens, uh, which is how you should respond to an algorithm update, FYI. Uh, don't run, don't run for the hills. If you're running for don't the hills, don't be the first adopter, right? <laughs> no, and if you're freaking out about it, that means that you probably maybe doing some things that yeah. you shouldn't have. So, <laughs> um, so they've, you know, they've, they've rolled some things out there. The, um, the one that's, that's very active and, and new coming down the wire is, um, uh, product listings in organic search. So mm -hmm. traditionally in a, in a Google world, if we, if we focus on Google here, um, product listing ads, if you will, PLAs. So when you do a search for something, anything consumer driven, you're going to see ads typically up towards the top there and, and in a lot of other uh, SERP features. Um, Google rolled out, uh, I think it was last Tuesday that said, hey, you know what, we're going to we're going to make some of these features uh, more or less free. Um, and that's kind of a subset of Google's Merchant Center, which is where an e-commerce platform, that's where your data feed goes to. So your data feed comes out of your e-commerce catalog, feeds into Merchant Center. From there, Google takes it and distributes it, typically um, through Google Shopping ads, running ad campaigns. This, from what I can see in the industry and talking with others, is kind of Google's way of maybe actually getting serious about uh, competing with Amazon and Walmart, uh, because Amazon and Walmart are, are traditionally your two uh, top e-commerce uh, sites uh, from a from a global perspective, they're the they're the key players. If Amazon's number one, Walmart's number two. Mm -hmm. um, so this is this is Google's way of saying, hey, we we need to to probably be competitive in this space. Um, the challenges are going to come with that, and and how to report on it, and how's that going to going to hap uh, kind of come down uh, mm -hmm. for your reporting. Um, I think pros of it are branded search. You might actually be able to throttle back on your your branded uh, shopping campaigns, if you will. Um, whereas some of the things that you're a little bit more competitive on or more generic, you're able to to kind of throttle up on is is kind of what I see there. Um, so that's kind of the biggest, I would say, the biggest thing on the radar. And then we're just going to see this continued growth in uh, SERP features, SERP meaning search engine result page, um, and SERP features. Uh, such as featured snippets or answer boxes continue to grow and continue to evolve. Um, just in the past, uh, I would say four or six months, we've seen that change again. So the rules for that originally were you had to have a position, one of your pages needed to rank on um, the first page. So within the first 10 listings 
And you obviously needed to answer, let's just say, all of the questions related to whatever it was that somebody was was asking. Um, so you would get the featured snippet as well as the kind of what we call traditional 10 blue link, you know, maybe position four. Mm -hmm. That has gone away, that position four. What people need to be aware of is that if you win the featured snippet, that's what you get. You don't get position four. You you actually could get that bumped to the second page. Who knows? Um, but what you'll win is you'll win the featured snippet, and that's it. You just pass go oh, and keep cruising. So, yeah. Um, the challenge with that is again reporting, and and not to sound like a broken record, but reporting and attribution as an SEO becomes harder in this case. Jason, can you speak to your second point and maybe some examples of organizations that have been able to, for lack of a better term, um, capitalize uh, on the pandemic as far as switching up their SEO and, and how they, mm -hmm. they target and bring people in? Yeah, no, I think that's a really, I think it's a really good question. Um, it, unfortunately, uh, for this context, we have to almost ignore uh, maybe um, bars, restaurants, uh, you know, that type mm -hmm. of folks. Although there is a there is a new uh, feature, you know, in, in Google My Business, we'll, we'll talk about that here. You know, you can um, post up your COVID-19 um, kind of statement requirements, how you're handling it. There's also for those individuals, this is non SEO related, but it's a there's a new beta uh, that came out in Google Ads that allows for uh, shopping and curbside pickup. So mm. that's kind of a that's kind of a nice thing. Um, we're actually uh, uh, testing it out on a couple uh, local uh, clients that do e-commerce as well. So um, industries that we're seeing grow, anything that's related to your home. Okay. Um, back, you know, your backyard. Um, oh, yeah. Pools and hot tubs. Uh, Google just released mm -hmm. a new tool for shopping trends and insights, which is really fantastic. I'll make sure you guys get a, a link to it yeah. so you can post it up in your show notes. Um, I mean, the growth in pools and hot tubs is off the charts like 300 percent growth really wow. yeah but think about it this way okay so to set to set the tone right there's always i think with me there's probably always a story and a, and a reason why <laughs> um okay when the pandemic hit it was right around spring break so yeah, you didn't sure. go on spring break hopefully you got that money back um mm -hmm. you're probably not going to a beach at least here in michigan because the weather's been weird um and social distancing makes you feel a little funny um, and you certainly are not getting on an airplane anytime soon. So right. you're kind of sitting around home going, well, this summer's screwed. We might as well drop six to 10 K or whatever in our backyard and, and put a pool mm -hmm. in. Yeah. And, and, and that's what, that's what you're seeing with, with mm -hmm. almost anything related to uh, backyard entertainment, staying at home. Those types of things are, are huge. Um, so anyway, uh, Josh, that you could be relevant to that, mm -hmm. I think is is really, really key. Um, I spoke with uh, an engine provider that uh, puts that is an OEM. They make engines for uh, a lot of major lawn care equipment. And uh, now that we see people kind of going back to stores and whatnot, I mean, their stuff is flying off the shelf. Mm -hmm. So it almost ha what I would almost say is it has little to do with SEO and it has everything to do with human behavior mm -hmm. and, and um, biology, right? B-U-Y, um, how consumerism is driven. Um, it, it almost has nothing to do with SEO. 
And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are, what, yeah. you, know, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. And the hardware mm-hmm. stores are open because they are essential items. So, I mean, you can go yeah. and stock up and start knocking out all your painting projects, right. all your backyard projects and yep. that sort of thing. So it makes, makes complete sense to me. So I work for a recreational community slash campground and we're on everything. So our group is very engaged on Facebook but we're on mm-hmm. Google, we're on Yelp, we're on TripAdvisor, and they all have the same tools that you can mark temporary closed, you can send updates. Um, I contacted you a while ago because I'm like, Google My Business won't let me post updates, why not? <laughs> um, so I'm just, there's all of these different areas. I guess my question is, what are the big ones? What should people really be focused on and, and how can they best keep up with temporary closures, special notes, limited services, et cetera? Um, Great question, and and I'm glad we're hopefully able to kind of help steer you in the right direction yes, on that. Thank you. Um, it, the the challenge the challenge with all of it right now, Google My Business and specifically, actually almost any Google product, consider the size of Google, and have their entire workforce distributed now. So even Google, Google. as a tech company is trying to adjust to this. Um, your changes that you're going to deploy and the things we're going to talk about. Uh, expect them to take a lot longer. Okay. So be patient. Uh, early on in this, dealing with some restaurant clients, I mean, we saw uh, we would we would go in, make significant updates uh, or even minor updates, and it would take six days to even wow. try and get any of them to move. So uh, slowly, we're seeing some industries open back up reviews. Uh, Google clamped down really hard on reviews for some. Uh, industries like lawyers and, and legal and, and things like that, but we're slowly starting to get that to open back up again. So yeah, key key areas, um, hours of operation. Can you um, can you go in and add temporary closures and limited hours? Yes, you can actually mark your listing as temporarily closed. The, the nice thing with that is that if you mark it as temporarily closed, it's a feature in your settings and in your info settings, it will not hurt you from an organic ranking perspective or local search perspective. It's it's very much telling Google, hey, we're temporarily closed. Like we plan to come back. Okay. So mm-hmm. but the other thing you can do too is just go in and update your hours. You know, if you're if you originally were an eight to five company and now you're, you know, uh, 10 to 2, by all means, you know, do it and, and do some updates in there because uh, Google My Business at a local level is your new homepage. Uh, really it is. And because of our, you know, our mobile phones and where we're at in our lives every day, that's our homepage. So you want, that's your front line of communication to, to your customers. Uh, consider updating your description. Again, this is all editable by you. If you have ownership or admin rights over, over a GMB listing, um, update your description. Maybe put in there, Hey, we're open, but we're only open for pickup and carry out, or we have curbside available. Um, they even added a field that allows you to put a COVID-19 link in. So if you have a statement on your site, you can link it and drop it right in there. Um, and it's, it's trying to pull that data in. Um, and then the other side is, uh, Google, my business, uh, you, you can do posts, right. And, and public, mm-hmm. uh, public posts out there so that it updates. And that could be what your statement is. Maybe if you are a healthcare provider, I would think that it would be very smart to utilize that space to educate people on how, not just how you're dealing with it, but what they can expect. How can you set people's mind at ease to say, this is what you'll expect when you come into our waiting room 
or maybe you can't come into the waiting room and this is what it these are your instructions and this is how we're seeing patients something like that and do you recommend that people have like a dedicated page or resource on their site for all the COVID stuff should they just utilize this posting and google my business should they do both what do you recommend i think i'm always going to be a proponent of doing all the things mm -hmm. you know um, I don't think you can do it just because we can't assume people are just viewing you in one right. spot. So, um, you know, certainly if your if your business requires it, that you need to have a, a COVID-19 statement, um, mm -hmm. Josh, for you guys, you, you kind of absolutely have to right? you're you're a community. You have people coming and going. These are some people's summer homes. That's kind of an issue in the case of, of maybe uh, Megan, your profession or my profession. Mm -hmm. Do I really need to have a COVID-19 statement? I mean. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, our, our staff and our team is remote, uh, but we're here. So I don't really need mm -hmm. to have a banner flying across our, our site. So. Sure. so so we do. And, and again, I, I guess as far as, um, you know, where where should we and I and I suppose this could be for many other, I guess, depending on all the different businesses, restaurants and, and whatnot, we're we're unique because we kind of, again, have the Google, the Facebook, the Yelp, the, the TripAdvisor. <laughs> I'm assuming that Google is going to be the big one and then and then Facebook as well. I mean, what about the weight of Yelp and, and TripAdvisor? I mean, are, are those anything to even really worry about right now? No, I, I think certainly in your environment, in the travel, you know, you're, you're lumped into the travel and tourism right. recreation. Let's just call it recreation. I think very much so okay. if you have the ability to update that it would be of you to update it um accordingly and and you can share the same message in there right like it's not this is this is this stuff isn't going to hurt you it's only going to help you and help others right so so absolutely updating that would be would be important and is the posting on your google my business page is this them just trying to bring back google plus uh, I think it's what Google Plus <laughs> always should have been, maybe, right? You know, I mean, the, I mean, Google Plus being more of a social network and this being more of a, uh, hmm, how do I want to say it? I, I would almost <laughs> equate it to like the proper sharing on your, your Facebook um, page or a, a LinkedIn profile. Okay. So you mentioned Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. We talked about Google My Business, which I think for anybody right now, if you haven't taken a chance to go and update that and make sure that's accurate to do that, that's like priority number one, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about Facebook Business Manager, though. Can you tell our listeners, first of all, what is it? Yeah, <laughs> And then sure. why we need to be paying attention to it, um, especially right now if we're running social ads and things like that. Sure. I think that, uh, you know, should should you be paying attention to it? Yes, I think you want to pay attention to everything. If, if anything, right now is a good time to um, develop what, what we call uh, a digital crash plan. And that's uh, mm -hmm. we're going to mm -hmm. we're going to outline some steps here in the next uh, couple of days for that for that as well. And that's really just taking account of everything that you have. Uh, everything from all the domains, where where your registrar is, uh, where your site's hosted, who has access to it and things like that your social media channels too. And, and Facebook business manager, if set up is going to allow you that next layer, that next level of understanding and controlling who has permissions, uh, there. So, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's really, really important to, to, to consider there, but really what it is, is, is Facebook business manager allows us a, a platform, if you will, certainly from an advertiser perspective, um, 
to integrate uh, the, the different uh, marketing efforts uh, across your business with external partners, if we think of it that mm -hmm. way. So uh, whether that's an agency, a freelancer, or even individuals and, and being able to connect to them uh, together. So it's, it's a free platform uh, from the ad ops perspective, um, but it's really important when you wanna manage uh, multiple assets, be it multiple okay. pages, ad accounts, uh, again, agency relationships, marketing partners, anybody that kind of helps you manage and run your business, uh, it would be important to uh, to to get that set up. So, Jason, one one last question on the the Google as far as the maps. Anybody that has a storefront or similar to a Google My Business posting, uh, I know Apple Maps. When I look stuff up on my iPhone, it integrates with Yelp, so it pulls that up. So if I update Google My Business is our Apple Maps, and I don't know if people still use MapQuest and Bing Maps, is Google updating all of those or do you have to update all those separately if you wanna have that consistency along all mapping well, devices, apps? I don't have to educate you on the inaccuracies of Apple Maps, so you should stop <laughs> I using know, no. I mean, I get it, right? It's, <clears throat> it's kind of like if you're using, no offense to my friends at, at, at Bing, but it's no difference that if you're not changing your default um, search engine, uh, you know, in, in Internet Explorer. Um, it, cause the inaccuracies in it are, are, are immense. I've experienced um, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as detailed. It's, it just isn't. No, uh, you're correct. Right. Um, Apple maps is pulling a lot of detail in from Yelp. Um, Yelp as a massive aggregator, uh, pros and cons of that. If, if you're looking to update a lot of information across these these citations and, and data sources, then you can use an aggregator tool like a like a Moz uh, local or, or something like that. Um, but that's not for this type of situation. That's more when we're talking, let's get deep on local SEO and doing cleanup and everything like that. This conversation that we're having is how do I get that message out and how do I get that word out and how do I update those things? And, and really, it would be best to do that in in that platform. I mean, you're not talking about that many um, platforms to update. You know, you're going to spend more time developing that message okay. than you are probably going to log in and deploy it. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about automated messaging. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have our our funnels of when people come in and even on stuff like Facebook, your automatic messages to people that are asking general questions, your, your bots. So how do we address those things? What are some of the best practices now that everything's changed? Well, I don't know what, I, I'd be curious to know what you guys' opinion on it, but mine, mine really is, is kind of uh, unautomate the, the marketing uh, channels, right? And and the reality is, is nobody needs to get early on in this. Everybody was getting some sort of here's how we're supporting you in COVID nineteen. Like, right? Thanks, Spotify. I really, I really, uh -huh. I really appreciate that you're here for me. Like, does that little overload? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and then to see things kind of continuously come out. Um, you can just tell somebody didn't react to the situation and maybe pump the brakes on the drip marketing campaigns and things like that. So you want to, whatever you're using, whether it's as basic as a MailChimp and a constant contact to pump that message out all the way up to Salesforce Pardot and, uh, and things like that. I mean, you want to be very cognizant and understanding where everybody's at right now and maybe be a little bit more sensitive to that and, and adjust your, your timeliness and messages. 
I think you're absolutely right, Jason. And this goes back to your love for the human element in search. Um, I am right there with you. There's a time and a place, I think, for automation. Yeah. We have to lead with the human uh, Mm -hmm. and really focus on that. And even if we are utilizing automation, we need to make sure that we're constantly looking at it, making sure the message is sensitive to the tone of the situation. And it, it leads with what our consumers need at that moment. You're, yeah, you're right because you have a real you have a real opportunity to either win them over more mm-hmm. or kind of piss them off, I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, it's yeah. it's, it's really what it is. Um, I, I think the other side too, you know, your social channels. I, I've seen and I, I kind of still continue to see it now, although I think people have loosened up a little bit more, and I think it's okay. But you would see a lot of automated messages, and certainly. Um, it ads related. We'll talk about paid media here too a little bit. I think social and paid media can kind of overlap for this one is that you would see almost like in-store promotions for things that you could tell Mm -hmm. have been scheduled out. And it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm being told to stay home. What do you mean? I need it. I'm going to come into your store for the next Frito-Lay like promo that guys, this, you, you need to contact your ad agency and maybe reconsider things if that's the message that you're pumping out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned paid media, and then mm-hmm. I, I want to loop back to, to what you're saying there in conjunction with the content strategy. But how yeah. has paid media been kind of affected by all of this? What are you seeing there? So in, in classic search marketing fashion, it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's that's probably been the biggest uh, hit mm-hmm. and and really traditional media has been hit uh, anybody that's looked at any projections for what the fall is going to look like and the the billions of dollars that have been uh, um, kind of look like they're slated to end here in the next couple of months you know everybody has been under contract and, and things like that so um, but from a paid media perspective you see a lot of people throttle back um, travel and tourism industry, absolutely, you know, restaurant, hospitality, those, those folks immediately, uh, hard stop. It wasn't just a, Hey, let's pump the brakes, hard stop Mm -hmm. on ad spends. And you have to be respectful of that. That's, that's somebody's budget, whether you're in-house or whether you're an agency like us, you just have to be flexible and respect that budget. Um, but then the other side, back to maybe Josh's point, uh, asking about what industries are we seeing grow and things like that. Um, that's where it gets into that capitalizing on it. And, and not by, a, it's not a bad thing, but we have people that are sitting there searching. Let's let's get mm-hmm. in front of them, right? right? Why not? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that goes back and, and I know you've always been passionate about this too, is that search starts with a good content strategy. Yeah. Um, so what should businesses be doing right now to kind of adapt to what I'm calling that and what everybody else is calling that new normal? Like, what do we need to start really thinking about for coming out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, under, certainly understanding how you have to have a good understanding of how it, it is going to change your business or your organization. I think first and foremost, you have to understand that and then try and and realign with your audience. And, mm-hmm. and understanding their why, you know, why they're using you and, and, and those types of things. But then put some concerns in there too. Like, what are they going to be concerned about? Because that's the message and that's the tone that you probably have to take with it. Um, 
And the other the other side of it too is is going back to my original point is we need to be thinking about what's what are those searches that people are going to have for your products and services. If you're not if you're not in demand right now, you're you're not in demand. The, and and people again, it's supply and demand. If you're not in demand right now, they're not searching for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you have uh, multiple warehouses in a manufacturing facility and your people aren't there and you are a software company or you are uh, you are a, a developer that supports that industry, those people aren't there actively searching for what it is that you do. So you just have to have that reality check. Mm-hmm. Look three months down the road at what people in your industry, what those audience members could potentially be searching for. One of the best and might be hardest ways to do it is pick the phone up and call your customer, call your clients and say, hey, what are you concerned about? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to hear direct from you guys. You know, you've been a really great uh, you know, constituent of ours and, and, you know, we work alongside you on a number of things. But where are you guys at in this space and what's your outlook? What are you guys hearing? And 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 try and work that. Uh, into uh, what what could come from a content perspective. I also think too that some of it has to say you, you still have to march to the beat of that drum. I, I'm not going to say that you you're going to do the same thing that you always did, but at the same time, again, that goes to that that product that's in demand or that industry that's in demand or will be. People are still going to search for it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Does that help help answer answer that a little? Yeah, bit? absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. great. Yeah, yeah, let's let's touch a, a little bit on some of the the crisis communication best practices. I mean, we've we've talked about this, and I know this is evolving because we we kind of got through that initial phase of, holy cow, there's this new pandemic mm. and it's taken over mm-hmm. everything, and now mm-hmm. we're like, okay, we've we know we know the new norm, and now we're hearing that this could not change for a long, long time, and things are going to be different for a long, long time. I like your blog that came out on the initial best practices about don't jump on the, the regurgitation bandwagon of just informing people on stuff that they already know. Or, as you said, everybody and their sister sending out, here's what we're doing in times of COVID and we're, we're here for you. How can we or what are some of your thoughts as far as how we can do a better job of just conveying how the current climate is impacting those that that follow us or those that are impacted by the services and, and what we provide. I'm glad you brought this one up. Megan did a, uh, Megan from our team, our content manager, she did a great job, I think, outlining that in a very just pointed, mm-hmm. quick way. Yeah, it was uh, great. You know, don't wait to respond on things. Uh, yeah, and I like that. Yeah, don't jump on the regurgitation bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, kind of in our warm up before we were recording, I, I kind of said it too. Like, we don't need to state the obvious, mm-hmm. right? We right. don't need to talk about, the, the elephant in the room. Everybody knows what it is. So in order to get to Megan, uh, the new normal, mm-hmm. well, let's talk about business as usual to some degree, right? Don't At some point, don't we need to take the high road a little bit and say, hey, these are the things that we're doing. Again, if it's, if it's a, we have to conduct business face-to-face, these are the things that we're doing to ensure your, um, it's not safety and well-being, but um, we want to we want to make sure that you're feeling good about it as well, um, and and that's what I think is going to be key in your crisis communications. Is um, let's say you have it is a service worker that's coming to a house. Inform me of how your practices have changed. Like, hey, 
we're no longer going to leave a slip at your door. We're not even going to come. We're going to send that to you mm -hmm. digitally. Or, um, you know, hey, we're going to knock on your door, but then we're going to step back six feet, you know, and, and you don't you don't have to feel obligated to come out and talk to us, that type of thing. Um, because what you're trying to do is you're, you're making a statement and taking a stance on how you're operating as a company, which says a lot to um, your customers. But mm -hmm. also, I want people to think about what does that say to your team members and mm -hmm. your employees as well? Mm -hmm. Because that's mm -hmm. really important. And I think it's important that the general public understands that too. And this is me putting my business owner hat on to say um, a lot of hard decisions have had to be made through all this and will continue to be made. And I think as a general public, we often forget that somebody had to make that decision. You know, whether we like it or not. But I think the more open we are about the reasons why we made those decisions and what we're doing to you know, help smooth it over or combat it or what have you, probably the better off that, that we're all going to be. Yeah. And I think it goes to customer experience, right? I mean, we're making yes, our customers too. feel safe. We're giving them mm -hmm. expectations on what they should mm -hmm. expect with their interactions with us. I, I will say again, totally not being paid to say this, but Domino's Pizza, I think does a really good job now with their delivery. They do very similar to what you were saying, Jason. Mm -hmm. We will put the pizza here. We will step six feet back. You don't need to cut, like they walk through the whole process. Sure. And it makes you feel safe. You understand it. So you're not questioning, do I need to open the door for them? Do I need to yeah. wait till they leave? Um, and I think that's yeah. really important for people to talk through those and communicate them. Yeah, you you have three. We kind of we can almost break the this this crisis and uh, um, just content marketing into three different segments right now. Is you had the initial mm -hmm. wave, which Josh you kind of touched on of the hair on fire. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. Then we have the what do you wh how do I feel about this? Where where are we at in kind of current time and and uh, how am I delivering the pizza, etc. But mm -hmm. but then we also get into the. I don't want to say the regular. I don't. I don't want to make it sound that easy, right? Because for some people, mm -hmm. it's not. Right. But but also, you have to understand that a lot of consumers are just clamoring on to normalcy. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about your business in a normal fashion and setting, even though understanding full well what's going on? Yeah. Because because regardless of the media you read, your political affiliation, none of that matters. What people want to hear is something positive from the mm -hmm. brands that they evangelize and follow and buy from and the people that they work with, et cetera. They want a positive message or outcome. So make sure you're giving it that that positive uh, message. Don't sugarcoat it, but, mm -hmm. and, you know, put it out there. Yeah. And I will say extra credit to those that can weave in if they have established their core values and mission statements to say, our mission is this and because of this and because of these values, here is what we are doing, you know, to protect you, to protect our employees yeah. and really staying clear to the brand, um, I think is always appreciated in, in times like this. Yeah, absolutely. So Jason, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, there's a lot of businesses right now who maybe not, who maybe weren't in the e-commerce space, but given um, you know, having to shut down, they've quickly adapted and turned, uh, you know, into e-commerce or they've brought in those e-commerce sites. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that they need to be aware of from an SEO perspective and more? 
Yeah, no. Um, so if you're, I still think if you're a brick and mortar and, and you're doing e-commerce, uh, kind of, a, you're, you're pitching it more of this like no contact um, type of ordering, and even if it's curbside pickup or delivery, whatever you're doing. Um, I think just be upfront and tell people why you're doing it and what's expected of it. Be very, very clear in those expectations because that goes to, uh, Megan, your point, positive user experience. And the more positive mm-hmm. user experiences that we have, uh, the better the better off uh, the results are that we're going to get. Um, I think one thing, too, that you want to touch on in e-commerce when you're setting expectations is it really is logistics and shipping right now. I mean, yeah, uh, we have huge. an e-commerce client of ours that was shuttered. They were still taking ordered, orders, you know, throughout that time. Um, I can't share with you the numbers, but they're massive and they are a month behind, which means that if you ordered something from them today, there's a harsh reality that that may not ship until next month. Mm-hmm. You know, the, probably the best thing to come right now, you know, Amazon is just rolling in it right now, saying, haha, Amazon Prime got you guys because you're not getting it in two days. No, my last right? Amazon order took no. a month. And I was so excited to get my my new non-disposable coffee filter and my black truffle hot sauce, and it took a month to get. I was so upset. (laughs) This is what Josh orders during quarantine. (laughs) Right? How many disposable coffee filters did you go through in that time? How much? Thanks, 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 Jeff. I I almost had to go out and put my own life on the line to buy coffee filters for my drip coffee, and. I didn't want to have that. So I said, I'm going to go online. I'll get it. It'll be shipped here. No, took a month. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, but that could be a, that could be a really good advantage for um, a, a local shop to say, we have it in stock and you can pick it up or we have it in stock um, and we'll deliver. Um, you see it with the big box retailers of, of Home Depot's and things like that. I think Home Depot does a really good job with those types of things. Um, but we're seeing small local boutique type operations spin up uh, the same thing, you know, uh, add-ons from WooCommerce for a WordPress site, make it easy, Shopify, et cetera. Um, even my local farm stand down the road where I want to go, you know, where normally we would go every Saturday to get, you know, donuts. Same. I mean, they've, they've, they have a system set up. So it's actually pretty incredible to see uh, maybe the resiliency and the mm-hmm. adaptations that business owners have been able to, um, you know, employ through this. So Pivoting and innovation are coming out for sure. And it is, yeah, it one, is very good to see. 100%. I mean, uh, you know, maybe you'll do a whole segment on the future, the, the future of office. You know, I, I definitely have opinions on that. And, and, um, and what's that going to look like for a lot of people? And, and, you know, cause mm-hmm. you survey, you survey people now and it's somewhere between like 54 and 60% that are like, hell no, I don't want to come back to the office. <laughs> um, you know, so it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see, but so much of that office environment too is culture. Right. And, and things like it that. Is. So yeah. uh, it's, it's a changing dynamic. Fascinating. Well, Jay- I feel like we could have you back on to talk about remote working. Well, I mean, you just, all of us are adapting to the remote working, but, you know, yeah. there's just so much there. Um, so we'll have Jason back on to talk all about remote working and the new office. Most definitely. Well, we can we can learn lots of things from Jason. And, and of course, as a fellow podcaster, it will always be great to uh, touch base with him on a on a regular basis. So before we wrap up and, and we, we get into our, our meaty ending with why questions, let's talk a little bit about the redirect podcast. So how many seasons, how many episodes in are you? 
Uh, we have, gosh, is there 75, oh, wow. 77 okay. somewhere? Oh, uh, wow. 71. Oh, excuse me. 71. Don't, don't take that. <laughs> 71. <laughs> uh, the last one we did was episode 71. Uh, it, it was on zero click searches and, and the rise of, uh, what we call on SERP or, uh, on SERP, uh, SEO. And that was an interview with, uh, with Rand Fishkin, which, uh, most people in digital marketing are, should be a customer. Rand's, Rand's name is the, uh, original founder of of Moz and now his new startup Spark Spark Toro. Um, so that definitely took a back burner uh, for us just um, I think as as a group as we kind of uh, reconnected with where we wanted to go with it and what we want to do but we are, are definitely spinning it up. In fact I might even have uh, my my next uh, interview lined up tomorrow actually oh, cool. for the travel mm. tourism space. So might be pivoting a little bit more, some, some more interviews and things like this, like you guys are doing, I think is really great, but still keeping it pretty core to search and, yeah. uh, and, and digital marketing from the online inbound sense. Um, kind of our pivot there, certainly through the, the, uh, the pandemic was uh, what we, what we're calling black truck minutes and um, utilizing the power of video and, and just a real quick, uh, hit action item on, um, you know, a, a different series, uh, that we're releasing, uh, kind of, I would say sporadically, um, on, uh, what, what you can do action steps that you can take. I mean, mm -hmm. we, I think amongst our team with, with well over 30 years of combined knowledge, we, we have a lot of information to be able to share and, and it's an easy way to do it. Uh, you can watch the, you know, two minute video if you want, read the four bullet points and, and go, uh, go deploy some changes. So. So what is what is or has been your goal? And maybe that's changed because if I understand correctly, when I talked to you a while back, you, you started recording your, your weekly powwow meetings with your group saying that, hey, this is great content other people could know. Now you're kind of transitioning into doing some more guest type interviews. So what has been your goal? Has that been good inbound content for you? How, how are you tracking your conversions? What are the numbers? Yeah, it. Um, I think it still continues to be the goal to share information and, and digest what is it, what does it mean, and maybe that's just Black Truck's take on it, right? Of boiling it down and saying, you know, does this matter or does it not? You know, from putting a stake in the ground on our our position on voice search versus, uh, you know, just just growing trends. Um, and I think that has to be the angle as well when we're interviewing too. Mm -hmm. I, I think it still needs to be a little bit forward looking and, and, and outward looking, if you will, on that. So um, <clears throat> it's it's definitely a machine in terms of the way that we produce it and the content that we write around it. What we've learned is um, maybe we don't need to be as in depth with it. Okay. Um, and, and I think that's where you see the, the evolution with the black truck minutes mm -hmm. come out is that uh, podcasts are great and the distribution on it is, is easy, but ultimately if I can do maybe something similar and give it to you in a four minute segment, then, uh, 25 minutes, which is, you know, a lot of ours run that long. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that's better, but, um, I think it's yet to be determined, Josh. Okay. Well, I, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of different formats and, uh, marketing school is one of the podcasts I'll listen to every once in a while. Mm -hmm. They do quick seven minute podcast. I think they sit down and they'll record 
all of the podcasts for the week or two weeks. Yeah. And it's it's very palatable. I mean, I can drive into my 30-minute commute at work. I can knock out three or four of those. And they're all really good information. And it's and it's quick. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things with, with podcasts uh, is just the format is so open. You can do so much. And you can sit down and listen to a two-hour Tim Ferriss podcast and be like, wow, amazing, all that content you got. But then you can also listen to a 30-minute podcast and even a seven-minute podcast and still take something away from it. So I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think that where we've come and or where we were and, and where we've, we've kind of continued to head with podcasting. Uh, I was working for an agency back in 05 that had one of the first podcasting studios uh, set up and we had uh, um, a podcasting distribution uh, application, uh, data analytics tool and everything that was all built in house. Wow. And, and so that was 2005. But then it's like a wave, right? It was everybody was on a high. This is the new right. hotness. And then it like nobody Drops. talked about podcasting for 10 years. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what's this? Like, guys, this has been around for a long time. <laughs> I think what happens is, is, is that technology as, as per the usual has made it more attainable for people to do. You know, I'm recording mm-hmm. here on the same mic that we do in our in our office. I was smart enough to bring that home. Josh, you're recording probably on the same mic that you are. Megan, you're wearing uh, AirPod. uh, AirPods. It it doesn't, I even have a little portable USB mic that I can travel with. And and if I wanted to interview people. So like the barrier to entry in podcasting is Mm -hmm. low. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think the original mixer, the stuff that we bought, couple hundred dollars i mean you can get microphones mixer you've got a computer it will run the free software that you need for editing i I mean it's there's some technical pieces about it but once you learn it it's it's fun and as sure as you learn it's probably it's time consuming it's not you just record and and push it out i mean you could but you probably want to edit and touch things up a little bit I mean, I guess that's maybe the beauty behind the redirect. So when you talk about what's it original, its original focus was, you know, recording, hey, what are you guys reading? I, I still think that that's relevant. Mm-hmm. The other side mm-hmm. of it, too, was is that we didn't want it to be overly polished because mm-hmm. there are a lot of polished podcasts out there. No offense to to uh, uh, Markers in Motion. I think you do a great job at polishing it. This, we're, and, we don't polish it. This is just how it comes out, Jason. And, and, but you know what? I can appreciate every time I hear a good mic, you know, from like NPR or something, I'm like, ooh. Ooh, that's a good that's mic. Nice. Yeah. Do, I, yeah. do I need to talk closer and lower to the mic? Um, we, we record that on a uh, uh, Snowball Ice, a blue microphone. Okay, so that's like a $100 mic. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them will record three people with the darn thing and we record in garage band. Uh, we have an intro and outro that we, we place Mm -hmm. on it and then, um, zip it out and, and ship it up through uh, SoundCloud and that's it. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a five to 10 minute process to do. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's, that's the whole beauty. Some are really highly produced and, and awesome. And some are just, you know, straightforward. I mean, it's, Totally fun stuff. All right, Megan, any last questions before we go into the ending with wise? I think we need to learn a little bit more about Jason. Let's (laughs) learn about Jason. Okay. These are the hard questions. guys. (laughs) I know. These are the good questions. I don't want to talk about myself. We save the hard ones for last. So it's a, it's a takeoff of Simon Simnick starting with why we want to know what is your why? Why do you do what you do? The reason I do what I do is, is I really like uncovering. I like to uncover the why. 
I like to ask those questions. Uh, it's not because I want to contradict everything that everyone's saying, but I do truly believe that there's a question behind every question. There's a reason mm -hmm. that people do what they do. Um, and my reason is, is just to try and encourage others to think differently about it, you know, and, and to see uh, brands grow. I love nothing more than the light bulb moments to go on, right? So whether you're speaking to five people or, or a thousand people to see multiple head nods going, oh, I didn't, didn't think about that, you know? So sometimes it's solving complex problems very simply, I think can be one of the best, one of the best things. So I'm, I'm just constantly uh, driven forward by the ever evolving world of search. I mean, it's constantly changing. It's less about SEO and it's more almost like we're the psychologist of the web, if you will. Yeah. I think that's really what, what it should be viewed as is trying to understand what people are doing and why they're doing it. Um, and how you can get them to take action is is kind of the constant uh, uh, means to move forward. I love that. The psychologists of the web. <laughs> yeah. Deep. Well, I will say before I ask you the, the second question here that I personally just always have loved your passion for search marketing and the field of marketing in general. Um, and I think that comes from your why too, is that you're just extremely passionate about it and you want to share that with other people. So. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, it took a, I mean, it took a long time to get to that point. It took a long time to, um, I, I think, to understand where I needed to be, right? Mm -hmm. And and when you kind of, you know, I was the engineering school, that, the engineering student that said, that's not for me, it's too much math. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm going to go the, you know, the business route. So, um. I think when you head down those different journeys and you get to experience a lot of different industries and stuff, you really kind of nail down what it is that you want to do and, and, and how you can try and position that for, for mm -hmm. good. Absolutely. Thank you, though. You're welcome. All right. Well, let's talk about who or what inspires you. Boy, um, from an industry perspective, there's kind of, I think there's multiple things. I'm, I'm inspired by so many different things and that's not cliche, but I'm a natural learner and a sponge of information. I mean, I love, and my team will often pick on me about it, right? Like, I don't know, ask Jason, he probably knows because we can, we can, we can deep dive into plastic injection molding and, and the reason that certain polymers work in a mold different. I'm just naturally, I naturally gravitate towards information like that. Um, but you know, I'm really inspired by, um, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of individuals that are making changes and, and using their, their platform, if you will, you know, they have a platform, a podium to, to kind of make change and, and to speak up. I'm very inspired by people. And we have a lot of them in the SEO community that are very, um, uh, forthcoming with information and, and sharing and things like that. And that, uh, has helped me. Uh, grow mm -hmm. right through, through years of doing this but it also has shown me that that I can give back in that way too so I, I think that's very important so there's not any one individual person that's done that I'm more inspired uh, when it comes to um, our generations before us right mm -hmm. um, I'm very fascinated so for those of you who level I'm extremely passionate about cars old cars so um, so I'm very, very interested in and inspired by um, people that did a lot with little. Uh, so mm. people that went through the depression, um, uh, the industrial revolution, and you know there was a machine that turned parts to make the machine that kept making the machine bigger. So it's kind of like that, that 
you you have a mirror in front of you and a mirror behind you and it's the infinite window right it's the Mm -hmm. infinity mirror it's kind of like that thought process there's some visionaries out there from a true mechanical sense that that really helped grow us where we are as a society right now and i I think that we're just in the in the next generation of that all right jason what is your favorite book and or podcast and we know sometimes people lean towards uh not reading books or not listening to podcasts either or will accept and will take both uh, personal and professional and if you can't narrow it down to one each we're we're interested in hearing your top three or whatever you think is essential to share with other people so I can't ever read for fun. Okay. Um, I think Megan knows that about me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always, I always read. Uh, I gravitate towards technical, technical reading, and um, I'm always learning something. Um, the the exception is like uh, uh, biographies or something like that. But mm-hmm. I, I can't nonfiction. You know what? <laughs> like, I know going into it, that's not real that's not uh, that's not the world we live in so no that didn't happen so jason's not a harry potter fan <laughs> look i'll watch the movie but i'm not reading the book right? <laughs> so um but i also want to be i'm very creative too when it comes to it. i just not in that sense so yeah, um i'll yeah. tell you right now the the book that and i don't read books fast so so there's so two two books three books i'll mention uh, the mm-hmm. one that I currently have going on that's been going on for probably six months now, and that's uh, uh, Mark Benioff's book, which is Trailblazer. So Mark Benioff is the co-founder um, mm-hmm. of um, uh, Salesforce. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I am not a marketing automation guy, um, but um, it's really, really good. And, and it's an easy read. Uh, it's just, I'm a slow reader. Um, it's really good from a values-based perspective. You really get to understand, and it's cool because you get to see somebody uh, that is in the tech space, in big technology, right, mm-hmm. that has basically said, hey, we really need to rethink what we're doing from an ethics perspective and a value perspective. And and we're on the cusp of the next revol- uh, revolution, if you will, the, the new industrial revolution, which is more mm-hmm. of the data that we've gathered previously, ask yourself what we're doing with it moving forward. Because what we do with it, and this goes back to our unmarketing discussion, is going to mean the world to your customers. And I think those people, he, he hit the nail on the head, and it's very relevant for that book being written uh, over a year ago, right now to be in this time and space of those companies that have your data with it and how they choose to treat it is, is really, really important. So you kind of get to see both sides of, of it, kind of inside and an outside big tech and how it's viewed in the world. So, so that's a really good current read. Um, two, two other books, uh, Don't Make Me Think is a really great mm. book. It was originally written in 99 or 2000. It's more or less a UX UI uh, content uh, book. Uh, okay. I, I originally read that back in 2003, I think it was. And I think so many of those principles still apply today as it relates to UX, UI and content uh, and the concepts of um, how do we give people what they want online? You know, we've, mm-hmm. we've gone from the early dot-com eras to uh, so much interactivity and, and everything is a buzz to how do we simplify things and, and, and get people what they need uh, expedited. So, and then uh, the other one that uh, was given to me to read uh, by a former boss of mine, probably 
13 years ago, 14 years ago is, is called the question behind the question. And I think that gets to your mm. why, uh, to your why, uh-huh. right, Megan, which is mm-hmm. if somebody's, if you're going to ask me a question, but is that really what you want to know? Right. Right. Because <laughs> I love if that. You, if, you ask, if you're asking a question that, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll leave you with this. Think of it this way. I can go into a meeting and it's always fascinating to me to ask this question. It's not secret sauce. It's just a fun exercise is I can sit down with you and I could say, Hey, Megan, how big is your business? And you're going to answer it one of two ways. You're going to give me, we have X number of employees or the revenue answer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and it's amazing. The number of people that will give you the revenue answer with, with without even, you know, you didn't, all you asked was talk how about big is it? How big is it? Yeah. Yeah. So that it's, it's really interesting. So it's a good read. It's actually one that I, I kind of want to revisit. Um, yeah. Kinda, I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. Well, what about question podcasts? Behind the question. What about podcasts? Cause as a fellow podcaster, you got to have some podcasts that are inspirational yeah. or informational that you enjoy techie. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's definitely a couple, um, <clears throat> Uh, for a while, I was uh, so the the big one that I like to listen to from a SEO perspective is Experts on the Wire. Um, Dan Sure does a fantastic job with it. I mean, his production is is outstanding, and he has you know the the uh, the players in the SEO world who are who are really um, you know uncovering and discovering things. Okay, awesome. Be my Great. Yeah. All right. Last question. Based <laughs> on what you've learned throughout your career. What is yep. one piece of advice that you would give to others? Oh boy. Do what you say you're going to do. Mm. Right. Show up. Yeah. I think there's, I think, I think do what you say you're going to do and then uh, understand that there are two types of people in the world. Um, and, and if anything lately, this is these times really show you that at least from a business leader perspective. Yeah, and I think you learn it in groups too. Uh, the analogy I always use is like, you know, you walk into a room, there's a pile of dirt on the floor, and there's a broom in the corner. There's two types of people. One person is going to grab the broom and sweep it up without even being asked. Mm-hmm. The other type of person is going to stand there and wait for direction. Now, I typically want to work with the person that's going to pick the broom up and do the job without asking. But I also understand that there are people that need to have some guidance, maybe, and some direction in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing that you need to do is, is do what you say you're going to do. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? You make a mistake, you own up to it. It's, it's how you handled that is, is what's going to matter. The, the fact that you showed up and did what you said you were going to do might not be correct, but you did mm-hmm. it. Says a lot. Awesome. Good advice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, in case our listeners have any questions, want to follow up with you, learn a little more about search marketing, a little more about uh, Black Truck Media, what is the best way to reach you? Uh, probably emailing me, jason at blacktruckmedia.com is great. Or uh, they can, you know, obviously blacktruckmedia.com, uh, social media at blacktruckmedia. We're very active there. So. I'm sure you're probably on LinkedIn too if people want to network. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jason. It was always a pleasure chatting with you, but you great guys. information. No, really, uh, really appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun, fun discussion and, uh, and hope to do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, we'll great. definitely, definitely have you back to get your take on some things. <laughs> thank you guys. Thanks so much.
So our AMA West Michigan season, we talked about this uh, on our last podcast, but has effectively ended with our in-person events. Um, of course, you know, we're doing all that we can to support our community with our stay home, stay safe directives. But we do want to let our listeners know that we are still active on social media. We share a lot of really relevant content and resources. A lot of the things that we talked about at the top of the hour from AMA National, the COVID resources, we're um, sharing those and leveraging those on our channel. And of course, we're here at the Marketers in Motion podcast, bringing you new content um, all the way throughout the summer until we kick off our new season in September. And that's officially kicking off um, the 2021 AMA West Michigan season. We hope to be back in person uh, for those events, but we'll we'll definitely keep you up to date. Uh, and keep in touch with us online at amawestmichigan.org. We always, always encourage our listeners to engage with us um, on any of the AMA West Michigan um, channels. We're excited. We're going to be launching a new just marketers in motion Twitter here soon. So mm -hmm. we'll push that out. I know we're very excited about that. We'll push that out on our AMA West Michigan channels, but that'll be a nice kind of exclusive way for our listeners to ask questions, tweet with us, um, you know, so we can ask our guests those questions, uh, things that they want to hear. So make sure you reach out to us um, and let us know uh, what you're liking, what you want to hear and, and what we can provide for you going forward. Uh, we also encourage you, again, lastly, to subscribe, review, and engage with us. We are now on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So definitely make sure you're you're subscribing, reviewing, and engaging with us on those platforms. Awesome, Megan. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you and see you again in June. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe and share our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Don't forget important links, content, and resources will be included in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. What will you do with the information you learned today? Be inspired. Be creative. Be bold. Set your marketing in motion.